0: Welcome to the Sideline Distant, I'm Brad Whitaker, a lot to talk about today, some new developments on why the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo, and some developments on the relationship between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, which may be rockier than we thought. Uh, Later I'll also talk about the Patriots signing him, Brian Hoyer, and uh, if that means they will draft a quarterback next spring. And then finally I'll wrap up talking about the Cleveland Browns, the most dysfunctional Organization in the history of sports. So, all NFL today. Uh, but I'm going to show you a, a quote from Bill Belichick that came out uh, just this morning about why the Patriots had to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think it says a lot about when you when you take into account a story that came out today as well. Uh, Belichick said we probably had, in my opinion, the best quarterback situation in the league for the last, let's call it, two and a half years. It's just not sustainable, given the way that things are set up. It's definitely not something that we wanted to walk away from, and I felt like we wrote it out as long as we could over a period of time. We over we over a period of time explored every option possible to try to sustain it, but just at this point, felt like we had to make a decision. It's a very complex situation on multiple levels, and this is really the last window that we had. And we did what we felt was best for the team. So a little bit more of a detailed answer than the, be- the answer we got from Belichick on Tuesday morning. Uh, but the key phrase in that quote was Belichick saying, we explored every option. Now, a theory that I had uh, this offseason, this past offseason, was I thought basically Tom Brady was Joe Montana and Jimmy Garoppolo with Steve Young. and uh, But a report came out today from Golf Channel's Ryan Burr. He works for NBC. I know he works for the Golf Channel, but he has some reliable sources from within the New England Patriots organization. And this is what Burr said. Very interesting. Uh, said the the tweet that he was quoting, Brady camp three days ago felt privately Tom Brady could be traded by Bill after 2017 this was a craft decision to make it clear Brady finishes as a Pat and then it also says told Tom Brady relationship with Bill Belichick not great and all his loyalty is to Mr. Kraft so again sounds like Bill Belichick wanted basically Jimmy Garoppolo to be the Steve Young to Tom Brady and Look, we've known for a while that the Patriots organization, particularly Bill Belichick, absolutely was in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, there was a quote that Belichick said, About a year ago, I think before the Patriots played San Francisco, he said, If you take out, if you watch our clips in practice and you take out the quarterback position and just make it invisible, it's seamless the transition between Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. That probably didn't inspire a lot of confidence in Brady. And look, we've heard in the past that Brady and Belichick don't have the great relationship everybody thinks they do. And Look, the theory yesterday coming out from the sports media was that this trade indicated Belichick wants to finish his coaching career with Brady, but that narrative is a little bit too convenient for the sports media. Uh, I truly believe, I really believe this, that Bill Belichick hasn't thought about retirement for a single second. I think he's so focused on football, he's so obsessed and passionate about football, I don't think he's even considered retirement, even at the age he's at right now. And Belichick probably thought, look, you might as well trade Tom Brady while he still has value. He's 40 years old, he's playing arguably the best football of his career, or on par with the best football of his career, and Jimmy Garoppolo is 26 years old, and obviously the organization and Belichick thought he was franchise quarterback material. Uh, But it sounds like Brady met with Robert Kraft, whom we all know he has a great relationship with and expressed his concern just a few days ago about being traded, and he wanted a guarantee that he'll finish his career in New England. So, Robert Kraft, it sounds like, at least according to this report from Ryan Burr, it sounds like Kraft went to Belichick and said, look, we're going to make a short-term business decision here. Obviously, Tom Brady has made Robert Kraft a lot of money, and look, if you go to a San Francisco 49ers game, even right now, the stadium is filled with Joe Montana jerseys, Patriots fans are going to be buying Tom Brady jerseys until the Patriots are no longer an organization. In 2080, they're still going to be buying Tom Brady jerseys. Uh, But Kraft, again, made the best short-term business decision, but not necessarily the best long-term decision for the organization. Even if Brady retires five years from now, plays beyond the age of 45, Garoppolo should be playing significantly longer than that. Uh, now, that might be wrong, okay? That might be wrong. Steve Young only won a single Super Bowl in his seven years as a starter in San Francisco, and many Niners fans felt that they could have milked a couple more out of Joe Montana. The difference is, though, in this situation, and it's interesting, these are very similar situations, and the outcome were com- outcomes were completely different between San Francisco, Montana, and Young, and the Patriots, uh, Brady, and Garoppolo, The difference is Steve Young took the reins in the Niners organization at 30 years old. Jimmy Garoppolo turns 26 tomorrow. So, we've ultimately seen the reverse of what happened in San Francisco. We think Belichick is in charge of everything in the Patriots organization, and he pretty much is, but when it comes to Tom Brady, that wasn't the case. Bob Kraft ultimately had the final say, and... You know, we'll have to see how it plays out. You know, if, if Tom Brady plays for another five years and wins two Super Bowls in that time, and Jimmy Garoppolo is only able to pick up one Super Bowl in San Francisco, and I, I really think he could win multiple Super Bowls as a starter because I really like Kyle Shanahan. Uh, they have some defensive issues to plug up, but San Francisco's in a good spot going forward because Jimmy Garoppolo just is a great quarterback. So um, the opposite of what happened in San Francisco happened with New England. They're going to stick with Tom Brady until the end of his career, and it sounds like they went against Bill Belichick in that decision Robert Kraft had the final say. Safety reversed at Adelman, Hoyer, swings it up top for take touchdown! Bra- that was, of course, the GOAT, Brian Hoyer, throwing a touchdown pass while he was with the New England Patriots where he started his career. Uh, if you haven't heard, the Patriots, uh, just this morning we found out that they signed Brian Hoyer to a three-year deal. So basically the Niners traded Brian Hoyer and a second-round draft pick for for next draft uh, in exchange for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Patriots could have gotten more, but it sounds like there was a lot of pressure to make this trade happen. And, and as I said in the last segment about Tom Brady approaching Robert Kraft, that pressure was clearly urgent. The Patriots had to get rid of Garoppolo before the trade deadline, even though that's the guy Belichick wanted going forward, it sounds like. Uh, but New England will likely ride out the rest of the season with Brady and Brian Hoyer as as their two, as just with just two quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, but the Patriots are going to have to start from scratch again. I mean, Brian Hoyer's been in the league for a long time he's an older quarterback he's not the future of the organization by any means he's just a solid backup uh, because he's played for seven different NFL teams and uh, the Patriots are the ones he started his career with he is the definition of a journeyman quarterback but you know as the Patriots did when they drafted Garoppolo three and a half years ago Bill Belichick you know, he drafted Garoppolo when Brady was 36 years old, expecting Brady to not make it to 40. Obviously, he did. But they're going to have to start that process over again. Now, Belichick has proven he can do this. They found Garoppolo in the second round. They found Jacoby Brissett in the third round. Uh, it's safe to say those quarterbacks, at least I would say, are considered successes in the Patriot system. Uh, but they also drafted Kevin O'Connell, in the third round in 2008, and Ryan Mallett in 2011, uh, neither of those quarterbacks panned out, but uh, things are a little bit different now, I think the, the quarterbacks are of higher quality coming out of the draft than they used to be, you can pick a franchise quarterback in the first four rounds of the draft, that was very hard to do, I mean it occasionally happened, obviously Brady was drafted in the sixth round, but now you can draft a franchise quarterback in the fourth round, and... It sounds like there's a pretty good quarterback draft coming out in 2018. Um, And, you know, the Patriots are going to likely, if you judge by what Belichick has done since 2008, they will probably draft a quarterback in 2018 in either the second or third round. Now, there's no way in hell I think they draft Sam Darnold. Josh Rosen or Josh Josh Allen, the three front runners at the quarterback position, all expected to go in the first round. Uh, you can also probably throw in Louisville's Levar, uh, Lamar Jackson in the mix as well. He'll likely go in the first round or early in the second round. And I don't get the idea Lamar Jackson is going to be drafted by Bill Belichick. So uh, I came up with a list of names of college quarterbacks I think could potentially be the next franchise quarterback of the Patriots. You know, if Brady plays another four years, you develop this guy for the next four years, and maybe he'll be ready to take over when Brady is officially ready to retire. So these are the names I think could be drafted in either the second, third, or fourth round uh, this year by Bill Belichick. Um, Northwestern's Clayton Thorson, Washington State's Luke Falk, uh, Mason Rudolph of Oklahoma State, and Baker Mayfield, of Oklahoma. Now, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on college football and what these quarterbacks are going to bring to the NFL. Um, I know far more about the NFL than I do college, uh, but I will say I know Washington State's Luke Falk was benched last week. Uh, he'll be starting again this Saturday, and most people know who Baker Mayfield is. I, he's a pretty reliable quarterback, a kind of guy I think Belichick may look into. You know, Belichick doesn't get carried away with upside and quarterbacks with large stature and strong arms he just wants someone that can throw accurately 10 15 yards downfield baker Mayfield may feel maybe that guy but let me know what you think in the comments below I, i'm wondering what your thoughts are again these are the list of quarterbacks i think could potentially be the future franchise QB for the Patriots if Belichick sticks with the plan like he did with Garoppolo three and a half years ago. Northwestern's Clayton Thorson, Washington State's Luke Falk, Mason Rudolph of Oklahoma State, and Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma. So let me know in the comments if you think there's anyone uh, that I missed out on that the Patriots might draft or of that list, Thorson, Falk, Rudolph, and Mayfield of that list, which one you think is most likely. Uh... Just let me know. I'm curious to hear what you think. Uh, Bill Belichick, in all likelihood, again, will draft a quarterback next draft, either in the second or third round. Now, moving on to the Cleveland Browns, the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL. And, like, if you made a sitcom about how not to run a professional sports organization, you wouldn't believe what the Cleveland Browns are doing. You would just say, that is so ridiculous. If you haven't heard... uh, Apparently, the coaches in the Browns organization, Hugh Jackson and company, were very, very frustrated with management on Monday night, because the front office, everyone in the front office in the Browns organization, decided to go home at 5 o'clock. You can't make this stuff up. It's peak Cleveland Browns. The Browns GM, Sashi Brown, and the rest of the front office, they, they couldn't work overtime on Monday, the day before the trade deadline, and... What ended up happening is the Patriots, I I think it was around 5 o'clock in Ohio time, uh, that's around the time... The Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, I really hope the Ohio sports media resists passing on blame to head head coach Hugh Jackson because management just will not work with Hugh Jackson. Apparently, Jackson has been obsessed with Jimmy Garoppolo ever since he got to Cleveland, wanting him to become their franchise quarterback. Now, remember, the Browns organization has been stockpiling draft picks for the last two years, and... The Niners only gave the Patriots a second-round pick. The Browns' second-round pick will likely be an even better pick. Chances are they will have the worst record by the end of the season, not San Francisco, because now they have Jimmy G. Uh, But... Obviously, they weren't able to make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, which is what Hugh Jackson wanted. I'm sure he was obsessed with the idea once he heard Garoppolo was on the market early Monday, and then the front office wouldn't stay at work past 5 o'clock, so they weren't able to get a deal done because they weren't willing to work overtime the one day of the year they should work overtime. So, Jackson, the next day, Tuesday, yesterday, the trade deadline Wanted Cleveland instead, since they didn't get Garoppolo, they wanted Cleveland instead to trade for Cincinnati's A.J. McCarron, uh, whom Hugh Jackson helped draft when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals as their offensive coordinator. Now, that trade was agreed upon. Apparently, the Bengals were supposed to receive a 2018 second rounder, which I'm sure Belichick would have wanted, and a 2018 third rounder, which would have been more than what San Francisco offered New England for Jimmy Garoppolo. So the Bengals were supposed to get a 2018 second rounder, 2018 third rounder in exchange for A.J. McCarron. The deal was agreed upon, but while the two teams were celebrating and shaking hands, the Browns forgot to inform the league that the trade occurred. All they had to do was CC the league office on the email in which the two teams agreed. They did not do that. The 4 o'clock deadline passed, and the Browns weren't able to get A.J. McCarron and Hugh Jackson likely slammed his head against the wall about a dozen times. I guess Hugh Jackson also wanted to get Jared Goff before the 2016 draft, uh, after he was uh, signed by the Browns, Uh, but the Browns' front office wasn't able to move up from the second overall pick to the first overall pick, and obviously they didn't want Carson Wentz, so they traded a whole... They traded the second round pick for a whole bunch of Eagles draft picks. And, of course, we know where Philadelphia is now with the best record in the NFL. And you also look where the Cleveland Browns are, even though they've stockpiled a bunch of draft picks. So, when the Browns fire Hugh Jackson at the end of the season and all the blame is passed on to him, just remember the real reason Cleveland isn't winning football games. It's because of the front office. Hugh Jackson wanted Jared Goff. He wanted Jimmy Garoppolo, and it sounds like he could have got him on Monday, but the front office decided to leave work early, and they agreed upon AJ McCarron, but they wouldn't CC the league office on the email, so the 4 o'clock deadline passed while they were handshaking and celebrating the trade actually taking place. Also, the Browns front office passed on Deshaun Watson, and we know Deshaun Watson looks to be the next big up-and-coming quarterback, so... That's basically the Cleveland Browns organization in a nutshell. They're going to fire Hugh Jackson at the end of the season, potentially, and all the blame is going to be passed on him. And please don't fall for that. Ohio Sports Media, don't fall for that. It's not Hugh Jackson's fault. I can't believe what's happening in Cleveland. It's just... I would say they've hit rock bottom, but I don't even know if they've seen the rocks quite yet. So that's it for this episode of the Sideline Dissonant. I'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, I bid you adieu.